Well, we have made it through another Christmas New Year season, haven't we? Uh, how many of you still have a Christmas tree up in your house? Anybody want to just confess? We still got a tree up in our house, so I say that with deep shame. Um, <laughs> but we still, we still have one up. Uh, but we are kind of through the official season. I don't know about you, but around Christmas, New Year's, we start getting cards from family and friends kind of updating us on what their year has been like. A lot of times there's great pictures on those, and more and more people are using Facebook and email to do that, which is really handy. Um, a couple years ago, we were talking about what we wanted to put on the postcard, and there was a picture uh, that I, we didn't end up putting on the postcard, but I was, thought it was a great picture that kind of summarized important things for me. I just want to share it with you on the screen here. This is a picture of um, my tent up on the mountainside in Colorado. Um, every so often, I get to go backpacking and hiking in the mountains, and uh, most summers in the last several years, I would go maybe once by myself and once with one of my kids, and I really just enjoy doing that. Many of you have enjoyed that as well. Uh, this one, I'm on the, the Chicago uh, lakes are right there. It's, it's right by Mount Evans. On the right side is Mount Evans. It's one of the 14ers there, and it's one of those few mountains in Colorado you can actually drive to the top of it. It's got the highest highway in the country, I think, uh, there on Mount Evans. And uh, it's about a five-mile hike in, and this is about 12,000 feet, so it's right above uh, tree line, so you're kind of exposed. But it's really beautiful, like you can see in the picture um, I started out this little hike in the parking lot. It was 80 degrees and sunny, and it was going to be a beautiful day. Um, once I got to this site and set up the tent, the temperature had dropped quite a bit. It was probably 60 or so, or maybe a little bit less than that. But after a few hours of hanging out, getting ready to have some dinner, I was prepping food, and it began to snow. As I was saying, this was in August of 2020. It began to snow. I'd started in 80 degrees, and now it was snowing. And, uh, you know, you got to be ready for anything. So I have my, my, my tent. There's a three-season tent. So that means in spring and summer and fall, it does great. But as soon as snow hits it, it doesn't know what to do. It's just lost. So I knew uh, if it was going to keep snowing, I was going to be in trouble. And uh, it was chilly. Um, but what do you do? You know, you're kind of out there in the wilderness. So I bundled up that night. And when I zipped up the tent, I put on my winter hat and my gloves. And I got all the clothes I had with me on. And I got in that sleeping bag. And the chills started to come in. But I just, you know, in those moments when you just talk to God. You say, Father, I want to live. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Help me make it through tonight, you know, and, and do you have those sincere conversations with God? Uh, so obviously I made it through the night. I woke up that next morning. It was chilly. I didn't sleep that great, but uh, the, the light started hitting the tent, and if you've ever been there, you know, you zip the opening, um, the door open, and you kind of peek out, and my winter clothes on, and I could see this, the sunrise just starting across the horizon, you know, the orange line, and it was just the sun trying to fight its way off the horizon there, and when that sun hit me, it was just like, ah. Oh. It's the, the warmth of the sun, the light coming again after a dark, cold night. It's like, I'm going to live, you know? It's like, this is such a good feeling after a long night. There are just times in our lives when we, we sense that kind of feeling. Uh, when, when it feels like we're in darkness, when we're wondering, you know, just life feels kind of cold, and we're wondering, am I ever going to see the light again? Am I ever going to have that warmth again that I enjoyed before? And then the dawn breaks, and, and life seems possible again, you know? God created us for life. I believe that. He wakes us up and he breathes life into us each day. Every day carries with it this potential to be living in the light of the life that God created us for, a life that pushes back the darkness. Uh, God is the author of light, life. Uh, he spoke and the, and the world was made. He speaks and the darkness runs away. The life that God created us for is Jesus. And there's a man named John that walked with Jesus for three years. He was close to him and watched him as Jesus lived. And, and John wrote about Jesus' life. 
And right at the beginning of his story of Jesus, in John chapter 1, we read these words from John. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, but that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What was at the beginning? John says, in the beginning was the Word, right? The Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. In verse 2, he says, He, He is the Word. He was with God. The Word is a person. He's a He. The Word was. In the beginning, the Word was. That means that when beginning started, He was already there. He was already existing. You might not have caught it, but this person, this word, was before the beginning. That means he's been for all time. He was and is. He is to come. And John makes it clear that the light, the word he's talking about here is Jesus. On the other hand is life. Life was made. Life came to be because of the word. John says that life is the light of all mankind. Light instead of darkness. Life instead of death. Jesus is the life. He is the light. He is the source of all life, physical life and spiritual life, Jesus is the light. And without light, life cannot exist. I mean, that's what I experienced on the mountainside there. As the sunrise began to hit, I was like, I'm going to live. You know, that I need light. We need light to live. The Genesis creation story, God first created life, uh, light so that life could then be created after that. Light is required. I want to read uh, John 1 again to you, this time in the message paraphrase. Version. I want you to hear these words and imagine you're hearing it for the first time, which might be very true. This might be the first time you'll hear it in the message version. And uh, Jason, who leads us in worship uh, many Sundays, he'll sometimes have us close our eyes and be, cre- you know, be creative and, and kind of enter into the story. So I'm going to invite you to do that, to close your eyes and, and imagine as I read these words to you. I want you to imagine that you're sitting outside with a blanket around you to keep you warm and you're in the darkness of the early morning and you just begin to see the sun coming across the horizon. The light just begins to rise. And if you can kind of see that in your mind's eye as you're imagining that, hear these words. The word was first. The word present to God. God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. Okay, you can open your eyes again. God created light so we didn't have to live in darkness. He created you and me for light, not for darkness. Light and dark, they're just simple symbols of life and death. Our eyes open, we see physical light, and we are alive and reminded that this is God's day. There will come a time when our physical eyes won't open. We won't be filled with physical light. We'll walk into and through death. Light and dark, life and death. Each day we get to choose which way we will live, how we will walk. Do we live into life and light, or will we choose instead to walk into dark? into the death, but not, not so much physical death, but there's other kinds of death in our world, right? There's relational death, there's emotional death, there's spiritual death. God is working at drawing us towards life 
And so often we have death around us. We choose life when we choose the light. We choose life when we choose God's unfailing love for us. So often, though, we find ourselves in dark places, and it's hard to move into the light when you're in the dark, right? Have you ever been there? I mean, I don't know if you get up early in the morning. I don't know what time your alarm goes off. Mine's usually set for like 6 a.m., but sometimes I'll set it a little bit earlier if I need a little more time in the morning. And whenever my alarm goes off, I have a choice. It tells me I use my phone. It says right on my phone, I can turn the alarm off by swiping to the right, and that means I better get up because that's my chance, right? If I turn it off, I'm not going to get, I got to get up. But then I have another choice. If I swipe left, I can snooze, right? How many of you are snoozers? I get another five minutes. So this morning, it went off way too early for me, and I, had to snoo- I snoozed three times this morning. I got a little 15 minutes. When you're in that bed, cozy in the dark and warm, and it, it's hard to get up and get into life. And there's times that we snooze because we are comfortable in the darkness. And God says, I want you to walk in the light as I am in the light. Let me offer you a new life. And sometimes we just kind of keep putting it off. I'm a little bit more at God. Give me a little bit more time. I'm going to snooze it one more time. And he continues to woo us into the light. Before there were rock stars and American Idol and influencers, there was King David writing the songs of his people. And the, the book of Psalms is a, sort of the songbook of the Jewish people. In Psalm 36, here's what David writes. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink for the, for, from your rivers of delights. For you, for with you, is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. When we choose life, we choose this feast that God sets before us. The delights he created us for. So often we forget that it's good what he's created us for. And we don't grab onto that just for ourselves. We don't engage in the life that God created us for just for ourselves. We do it so that others might benefit as well. When we are filled with the life that God created us for, when we are filled with the love of Christ, it flows out of us, and it should be something we share with those around us. When we choose the life God created us for, we choose to share that. Choosing life means we live for every life. Choosing life means we live for every life of every person that you encounter. Hillcrest, we are part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. We always have been. We always will be. The the covenant denomination is our family. It's our tribe. It's part of what makes us unique as a gathering of faith. And every so often, the the denomination will get together, and they'll talk about what's important to them, and they'll create resolutions and statements of belief. And, And they're not perfect. They're not eternal and unchanging like the Word of God, but they do speak into the realities that we find ourselves in in these days. And in 2005, they, the people of the covenant agreed on a resolution, and they called it the Consistently Protecting and Promoting Life Resolution. And it talks about what we believe about life, that we are created for it, and how we make choices about that every day. I want to read some parts of that resolution to you this morning, and just little parts along the way. I want to start with the introduction. Here's what it says right at the beginning of that document. God is the source of all life. In the beginning, God creates life in marvelous diversity and beauty and goodness. God breathes life into dust to create humankind and all living creatures. God's spirit is the giver of life. In God, we live and move and have our being. We receive life with thanksgiving as a gift from God. God is the goal of all life. That last statement's so good. So often I I settle for lesser goals, you know. I forget that God is the goal of my life, and I 
just trying to go after other goals, like making myself look good in front of other people or manipulating a conversation so I get my way or whatever that might look like for you. Goals of excess and comfort that certainly feel good, but they push us away from the light and the life and the love that God calls us to. What goals are you embracing that are moving you away from the way of life? Let God's Spirit speak to you about that. What are the goals that you're embracing that are moving you away from the way of life? Because I don't think we ever stand still when it comes to life and death or light and dark. I don't think we're ever static. We're always moving one direction or the other. And we might not be an all-out sprint towards darkness or an all-out sprint towards light. Sometimes it's just the posture of our heart, a little bit of a leaning that we have, you know, towards the light or towards the darkness. What goals are you pursuing? We get to choose every day which way we're going to move. And if you're following Jesus, you want to be like Christ, you're going to be leaning towards the light every time, every place, every person you encounter. You're going to choose life. It's no mistake that after God created light and life, there was a rebellion. There was a pushback because he created us with choice. And as humans, we sometimes choose the poor thing, the lesser thing. And so the first couple chose poorly and then their kids chose poorly. Genesis 1 tells us that God created all this life. And then three chapters later, we read these words. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. He was jealous of his brother. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Like, like God didn't know, right? I don't know, Cain replied. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on earth. Cain's response to God's question is, is darkness. He says, am I my brother's keeper? When he says that, he's not honoring the image of God and his brother. Instead of life, Cain chose death because we are our sisters and our brother's keepers. We are responsible to each other. We are supposed to care for one another, lift one another up, be present for one another. We have that. We are called to look and see the glory of God, the image of God in every person we encounter. We're called to bring life instead of death. We're called to humble ourselves and lift others up. And we can choose this every day, life or death, darkness or light. Jesus said it this way, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How does Jesus bring life to us? By laying down his life, by sacrificing, by surrendering his life. He lifts us up. And as those who follow Christ, this is our choice. This is what we get to choose, to lay our lives down that others might have life and light. We want to do this well. When we don't do it well, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to acknowledge it and say we're sorry and say, God, help me to live in a new way. I want to, I want to live in a different way. The covenant resolution I mentioned earlier, it includes these words about halfway through. It says, we repent of our complicity with the culture of death. We resist death and the culture of death in our actions and our attitudes, through our practices and our policies. Have you ever worked in partnership with the culture of death? That's a heavy question, isn't it? That's a loaded question. Have you ever worked in partnership with the culture of death? 
Partnering with death means you don't work for the good of others, that you work against them, regardless of their persuasion or their belief or their voting record or their social stature or any other dividing lines that we like to focus on. When you work against someone else, you are choosing darkness instead of light. Those small lies we tell, they matter. That post or snap poking fun at someone else, it matters. That slang that slightly diminishes the value of another human life, the dignity of a a brother or sister, that is death. And we don't want to walk in that. That's why Jesus redefined the Old Testament for us, helped bring light to the Ten Commandments. He said, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. And then Jesus said, but I tell you, if you think evil about someone, if you want to, if you imagine them, if you want to kill them in your mind, he says, you're as guilty as if you had. In fact, he says, if, you, if anyone says, you fool, you fool, you are in danger of the fire of hell. He says, if you call someone a fool, you're in danger of the fire of hell. Did he mean like you're going you're to lose your salvation because you call someone a name? No, that's not what he was trying to say. He's trying to say that this is a choice you have for life or death, light or dark. And when you pull someone else down, you're walking in the darkness. Choosing life means we live for every life. We build people up. We don't cut them down. Choosing life means we seek the good of all people, not just the ones we like or that we agree with. It means we restore justice where injustice has been created. Last Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and, and there's, seldom, there's few that have fought so passionately and powerfully for justice as Dr. King did. We shared a post on, on Monday on the church Facebook page um, from Eugene Cho, who's a covenant pastor, and uh, here's what the post looked like. And uh, he just said, uh, you know, live out the dream of Martin Luther King. Seek first the kingdom of God. Confront evil. Be a truth teller. Seek justice. Advocate for the poor. Pursue reconciliation. Love your neighbors. Forgive your enemies. Live a committed life of peace and justice and love. These are just some of the ways that we live out into the light as we live in life these are the things that we keep in mind. I want to get specific with you for a moment. In the resolution I was mentioning that the Covenant Church put together, they mentioned three different issues that we as people of faith, people of light, take a stand on. Things that are important to us that we want to make sure we're thinking about in a biblical way. I just want to share those three with you. The first one was abortion. The premature ending of a life inside the womb. Abortion is a complex reality for many of us. It's legal in our country, and so it causes friction for many of us, and it's a challenging thing to think about. I think we can find common ground in many ways that no one wants more abortion. No one wants more abortions. We, we don't want to see that happening in our country today. We can mostly agree about that across the board. And I'm thankful for the forgiveness Jesus offers us, that no matter where we land on this topic, he has grace for us. He meets us in the midst of it. And in Hillcrest, we need to be a place of grace and compassion a place where people sense that God loves them. I I need to have that kind of environment. You need to have compassion for one another here. But we choose life, and so we want to support organizations that create safe places for people who have an unplanned pregnancy, a place where they can come and talk to someone who, who will listen to their story and be real with them, a place where they can know that they are safe and where they can hear about ways that they can come through this season of life for themselves and for that unborn child in their midst. One of those places is is Advice and Aid Pregnancy Center. I had a chance to 
heading over to that place uh, this summer and meet the staff and to pray with them. And Ruth, Tis- Ruth Tisdale is the executive director there, and she is committed to walking with individuals and families that have an unplanned pregnancy in their life, to create safe place for them to talk about that and a safe place for those who have been through the sorrow of abortion to process that and find healing. There's a table in the lobby this morning with information about advice and aid. And I want to encourage you, if this is important to you, a passion in your life, to stop by and learn more about what they're doing to meet people in the crisis in their life and to be real with them and to love them and to walk with them. There's also at the table, there's information about an amendment coming up this summer called Value Them Both. I just want to encourage you to check that out as well. There's these things have effect in our lives. And if we are people of Christ and people who walk in light and life, we want to think about these things critically and make sure we're putting it before the Lord as we decide. So the first one is abortion. The second one is medically assisted dying, sometimes called medically assisted suicide. It's where doctors and medical professionals assist someone who wants to end their life because of the suffering they're going through. And it's legal in many states. And again, this is not a simple reality. Many of us know from personal experience or even in our families, the depth of pain and hardship that we go through sometimes because of injury or disease. And we don't stand in judgment over anyone, but we want to be on the side of life and encourage people. We don't want anyone to hurt, but suffering in itself is not something we should avoid at all costs. God uses suffering in our lives to help us be sensitive to others. Jesus suffered for us when he died on the cross, a fact that has changed lives around the world. It's, it's separated the way we think about historical time, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. If I'm for life, that means I'm for every life, even when suffering makes that life very difficult and hard. We need to walk with people who are suffering and stand with them and hurt with them. Life is sacred and a gift from God. We believe that, so we help others choose life. Third thing that this document brings up is poverty and those who are facing homelessness. If choosing life means we live for every life, then we better come alongside those who are struggling to find food and shelter. We need to be with them, journey with them, walk with them, encourage them, lift them up. That's why I'm so excited about these partnerships we have with Freedom Fire and with uh, Mission Adelante. They are on the front lines of walking with people, helping them experience life, helping them have what they need to live for food and shelter. I just want to highlight, again, this handout that's on your seat this morning. These are the ways we're partnering with them to be with those who are suffering in this way. We want to continue to do that. And Hillcrest, I'm so proud of you and the way that you support the Benevolent Fund here at Hillcrest. We have this fund that we use to um, assist people who are going through difficult times. And we use it here for people in our church community. We support the Briarwood Elementary community. We support the refugee community here in Kansas City. Uh, just this past week, we were able to help a family over at Briarwood, a mom, single mom with her kids. Because of COVID, they've been really struggling to cover bills. She's had to miss so much work. And so we've been able to support them and help cover their rent this month. And uh, Briarwood's so thankful that we can be with them in this, that we can support them in this. And I, I'm so thankful for the ways that you guys invest in uh, the, the Benevolent Fund. And whenever we help someone, we don't do it with some kind of selfish pride. We, we do it because we've been there ourselves. We've been in those situations, situations where we've had to ask for help, where we've needed someone to show up for us. And so when we show up for others, we just see it as a grace that God has given us. Those are just three examples of ways that we choose life and choose to extend grace to all who have life. There's so many other examples, ways that God might be putting on your heart to be involved in this, specific things he's calling you to do to help people find life. I just want to encourage you 
to continue to look for them and give yourself to them. Allow God to guide you into that. When I became a pastor, I was given this book called The Book of Worship, and it's got all these different pastoral acts in it, you know, like weddings and baptisms and dedications and sending out missionaries, and it's got a section on funerals. And uh, there's a little uh, graveside prayer listed in there. I just want to read a little portion of that prayer because it connects so well to what we're talking about this morning. The prayer says, We confess that we are unworthy of your gracious care, Father God. We forget that all life comes from you, that to you all life returns. We have not always sought or done your will. We've not lived as your grateful children, nor loved as Christ loved us. Now that that prayer acknowledges this choice that we have to walk in the light or to walk in the dark, to be people of life or people of death. And today, I just want to remind you, you were created for life. You were created to be people of light. So choose that light today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He invites you to embrace life, life as a gift from him. Spiritually, there is no other way to experience a personal connection with God to know his power and presence, to live into the heavenly kingdom. There's no other way than through the word of God and the person of Jesus, Jesus Christ. That's why John, uh, the writer that we started with in the beginning of this talk, he later writes in the New Testament these words. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Without the Son, without Jesus, we don't have life. With Jesus, we have life, and we can choose light and light for others to serve others around us. One final quote from that resolution that our denomination agreed upon says this, This is our calling, to care for all life as stewards of new life in Christ, to care consistently for life as recipients of God's steadfast, life-giving love. We will seek to embody this calling through our life together as Christ's church and our actions as his faithful disciples. So as we close this morning, I want to take just a moment and let God speak to your heart. Who's someone in your world that is hurting? Someone in your world that is walking in darkness, either through suffering or hardship or even just spiritual blindness that they just don't see God? Who's someone that, that God might put on your heart this morning that you can invite them and be with them, and walk with them, and help them experience light. It's one of the great things about light. When there's darkness, all you got to do is light a candle, put a little bit of light in there, and the darkness just runs away. Who, who can you show up today in their life so that they can see that God is with them? As we close, I just want to take a moment to be quiet and let God speak to your heart about that. Let him put that person, maybe the picture of their face or their name, on your heart, in your mind, so that you can take action on that today in some way. So let's go to God together right now. Father God, we're so thankful that you love us and that you're present here with us. Father, help us to reflect right now on someone that needs to know your light and your life. Someone who is going through a difficult day, a difficult week, a difficult season. Lord, put them on our hearts right now. And because we choose to walk in the light today, Father, we want to bring life to them. So help us, lead us, guide us, help us know what we could do today to show up, to be present with them, to reach out to them, to communicate with them, that they might know your light and your life. 
Thank you that you get, that you work through us, Father, that you choose to work through us. That's a grace that we don't deserve, and we're thankful for it. We offer ourselves to you, Father. Help us to see that person right now. Help us to hear their name. Father, we walk with you today. We choose. Choose your light. Because of Jesus, we pray. Amen.